This episode of the Love and Watches podcast is brought to you by the Swiss Watch Company. You can find more info about the Swiss Watch Company and their new line of watches at www.swcusa.com. That's www.swcusa.com. Thank you and enjoy the show. Love and Watches is a podcast for male and female watch lovers alike. Perpetual Girl and Ranch Racer are a watch-crazy wife and husband team, bringing you the latest in news, gossip, controversy, and anything else that matters in the world of watches. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, watch fam. Welcome to another edition of the Love and Watches podcast. This is Ranch Racer. And this is Perpetual Girl. You guys have made it to episode 29, and uh, this is an exciting episode for us. Uh, We are going to present to you an interview that we recently did with um, a small watch brand, but before we get into that, um, we're just going to jump right into wrist checks, and then we'll segue into the interview. So with that, I'm going to pass it over to Perpetual Girl for her wrist check for the day. Today, I'm wearing my Frederic Constant Slimline Moonface, and this is one of my favorites. It's... For, for what you get in a watch, this is a price performer as far as quality, and it's an in-house movement made uh, by Frederic Constant. It's the manufacturer, yep. R-E. Um, yep. It's got an exhibition case back, moon phase. It's a really pretty watch. Very clean looking dial. Everything's balanced nicely. It's got a date wheel on the left and the moon phase phases on the right. And it looks nice on a black band. It looks nice on a, I have a Milanese band that I stole off another watch and it looks, it looks really fantastic and just a overall classy, but it, you know, it's got a pretty good size to it. It's uh, almost 40 in 40 millimeters. Mm-hmm. So, but I, it's got I, that, those classic sloping sides. So the yeah. case back is smaller than the case front, right? So uh-huh. it's almost so like, like a, a, cupcake? a teacup or a yeah. cupcake. Yeah. It really could be worn for a man or a woman, and a lot of most totally. of the pictures are shown on men. Mm-hmm. Um, there's variations of this, and they released newer ones this year as well. But this was purchased in January, I believe it's the 2018. Uh, yeah, you got that when we were in Vegas in yes. January. Yeah, really impressed with it because that was the. I think we talked about it on the other yeah. episode where I had looked at the Explorer and the Panerai and the folks that were taking care of us seemed kind of bothered with us so we left yeah that so was up where having... we got treated the best that you actually ended up <laughs> spending money yeah and i i had not Go thought figure. of this brand before but it's a it's really a, i i everything i've seen in their their lines are beautiful so yep now that's a i great learned brand. something i learned a lot it's very pretty yeah, that's our our first uh frederick constant so Cool watch. Love that. Love that bracelet too. Yeah, this is actually, I swiped this off the Alexander Venacci. It looks good on that. Really really high quality, quick release Milanese band. Thick. Because that came with um, a leather strap, right? Correct. With a deployant clip on it. Yeah. A really nice one, actually. This looks really good with that Milanese though. It looks really good. It's a little bit more casual than the black. Yes. And if I were to splash it, I won't get it wet. So Mm -hmm. it, it just, it's fun to change them around. Yeah. Cool. Really nice. How about you? What have you got? Well, today I am wearing a watch by a small startup brand. Well, not really a startup brand. We'll we'll, we'll explain that. Um, 
this uh, it was a Kickstarter watch, and it's by a company called Swiss Watch Company, um, which is a little bit interesting because I guess you're not these days you can't use the word Swiss if you're going to laws have trademarks in, in Switzerland. Switzerland. Uh, this is a Swiss made, you know, it meets the definition of a Swiss made watch, has a Swiss movement, it's got a Salida movement in it. Um, but this is their, the brand's inaugural offering, um, at, you know, doing their own watch. And it's a, it's a big beefy 44 millimeter diver. Mm -hmm. And it's called um, diver. It's called the, the Swiss watch company or the Swiss diver. Um, really, really, really nice watch. The quality is very impressive. Um, there's some serious weight to that watch. There is some serious weight. Like I said, it's a big hefty diver. I mean, there is nothing meek about this thing. It is, a, a, you know, if, if you're a fan of the larger, like the Omega 600 Seamaster 600 or, or the, the Rolex, uh, what is it? The deep sea? I think it's the deep sea. That's their, their, um, big hefty diver. But if you're fans of those types of watches, you will like this watch. It's uh, it's very cool. Um, it does have a lot of beauty to it as well. It does. That all, yeah. kind of balances out that that strength. Yeah, it's got a, a beautiful dial that looks almost. This happens to be the white one, mm -hmm. and it looks opalescent. And the bezel insert is a matte black ceramic with concentric rings with engraved design. in it. Yeah, it's really cool. And the, the contrast of the dial with... There's a lot of really neat um, contrasts in this watch with yep. textures and colors. And they've filled in negative space with patterns. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. Yeah, and it's got a solid case back with some really beautiful wavy line engravings on it. Um, the uh, the dial is has got some very interesting touches to it in terms of the lines and how they've done the lines on the dial to, to make it stand out as opposed to just being a flat, plain white dial. Um, the loom is amazing. Incredible loom. Um, 20 coats of loom on this thing. I mean, it, they they really, there was a lot of attention paid to the small details when they designed and built this watch. Isn't three coats the norm? F three to five coats three to five. is pretty much the standard these days. So they did 20. I mean, it's very labor intensive to do that. Um, so, like I said, it's got a Swiss uh, Salida SW200 and uh, retails for $450, which for a Swiss-made, Swiss-powered diver is pretty amazing. Um, so, yeah, that that's my wrist check. And why it is, uh, why it's important for today's episode is that's who we interviewed. We interviewed... Uh, Steven and Josh Romer, who are the, the owners of the brand. Um, Steven is uh, the designer, has a long history in the Swiss watch industry. And his son, Josh, uh, handles the marketing for the company. So if, if you see these guys on Instagram or Facebook or anywhere out there, that's Josh. That's who you're talking to. So... Uh, we were really excited to interview him because we met them in January when we were out there. Mm -hmm. I think we mentioned that on a previous podcast. We got podcast. to talk to them for a while. Yeah, and just they're just really they're super super nice folks with a lot of experience with with Steve's a lot experience, of knowledge. tons Lots of, knowledge. of knowledge, and uh, just really impressed with the brand. You know, they've done a really a nice talent. job, a lot of talent, and the quality the the is 
it's a step above a lot of a lot of uh, micro brands that we've seen. So, uh, so yeah, so that's what this this show is today. We got to interview them, and I think we spent about 40, 45 minutes uh, interviewing them over Skype, and just a lot of fun. And I actually get to see them next week because I'm going mm. to Vegas for my sales conference. So hopefully, I'll be able I'm to jealous hook up with the two of them for a for a beer. But uh, yeah, so I don't think there's any really any news or anything that we need to cover. Nothing of any note. So I think we just, let's just jump right into the interview. Should we do that? Sounds great. All right, cool. So without further ado, uh, here is the interview with the Swiss watch company. So we're here today. We're super excited to be here with Steve and Josh Romer from Swiss watch company. Guys, welcome to the show. Good to be here. Yeah. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. We, uh, I was hoping we could do this live. It just didn't quite work out with timing. Um, I'm going to be out there for business next week, but uh, Skype is is almost as good. And we did have a chance to sit down with you guys in January when we were mm -hmm. out there and we're actually there. meet you face to face and see the watches prior to uh, to them shipping. So uh, we are very excited to have you on the show. Uh, for our listeners who have not heard of Swiss Watch Company. Um, Steve, why don't you give us just a little background on the brand? I know you have a very rich history in, in the Swiss watch industry um, prior to coming over here to the United States. And, and uh, I know there's an interesting story around actually having the word Swiss in your brand. So uh, for our listeners that maybe aren't familiar with you guys, uh, how about just a little bit of background on the brand? Sure. Uh, well, it, it all started, I believe it was 1995 when uh, I... Uh, we moved as a family to the States and uh, we're looking for a name that that would resonate with people uh, and I just I just threw that name around and we, we we checked with the Swiss trademark office and they said oh you're not allowed to use that name in the in uh, in any of your official trademark uh, and so all of a sudden I said well I'll I'll submit it anyway, and lo and behold, for about 18 months, there was a window where Switzerland approved the use and then the, the name Swiss in any trademark product. And we submitted that, and it was approved, and as soon as it was approved, they, they locked that window down, and <laughs> nobody else is allowed to use that uh, word now in, uh, in, in any trademark. Uh, so Swiss is... Uh, I guess we're we're an anomaly in, in in this regard here. Nobody else has that name in their in their uh, in their trademark uh, official uh, wording with with the Swiss trademark. And uh, it it took off with that. We we use that name. Uh, we worked for the uh, for U.S. Uh, Marine Corps. We basically did most of their watches for about 15 years under that, and it it worked fine. And we thought, well, this is our business until until some people came in and said, well, you're not allowed to do this anymore. So we uh, we had to find other ways of uh, working. And uh, so anyway, this is where this is where the the name Swiss Watch Company came from. The only company that 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 uh, didn't appreciate us using uh, Swiss watch company was international watch company. Yeah. They were somewhat jealous because 
they were they were uh, well we are international I, IWC and we were SWC and we said well that's what we're gonna be and uh, we we just left it at that so oh how interesting well in all fairness you came from Switzerland IWC was started by an American if I remember correctly right correct yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that that seems to make sense to me <laughs> so. You guys have been around for a while, actually, and that's the interesting part of this because, you know, we, as watch enthusiasts, we see watches popping up on, you know, Kickstarter and Indiegogo constantly, right? I mean, there's there's so many folks that have jumped in, some of them very seriously, like you guys, others just looking to jump in, do one one off-the-shelf watch really quickly and, and jump out. Um, well, and they all look the same. Well, yeah, because they're all off-the-shelf parts and stuff but the interesting thing with you guys is swiss watch company has actually been around for many years this may be your first watch um as a brand but steve you've been your background is is actually really uh quite involved with the with the swiss uh the swiss industry right with swatch and and some of the stuff that you've done Correct. Yes. Yes. Uh, give you a little little life history here. I started. Uh, well, I finished with school in nineteen uh, grade school, nineteen eighty. So from eighty to eighty four, I worked at Swatch as a well. It was ETA at that time. Then that company still exists. ETA. They make all the movements for the Swatch Group. Uh, I worked there for four years. I did my mechanical engineering there. And after that, I continued working for him for a total of 10 more years, of which seven years were overseas. Uh, This is not necessarily a secret that uh, a lot of the components are manufactured overseas or assembled overseas. Uh, So I worked in, in, in Bangkok, Thailand for seven years where I did... Uh, production management for movement assemblies and and parts manufacturing as well as uh, quality assurance for basically all of the components and products that came out of that uh, area. Uh, Swatch Group, they purchase a lot of cases, dials and uh, uh, um, for various name brands uh, out of that area and you know the top brands are specifically they enjoy the the there's four or five companies that 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 have high standards in quality achievement and that's that's uh, i worked there for about seven years doing all of that and yes after that we moved to the states and i you know there's nothing else for me to do i i always was in love with watches because I grew up in Kiel, which is kind of the watch capital of the world, uh, with headquarters of the Swatch Group. Uh, Rolex does all of the movement manufacturing there, and I don't know how many brands are are headquartered in that area between the, the French uh, Jura uh, area, Biel, going into Grenichen. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm the first one. I was the first one in my family to to get into that, and uh, loved it ever since. My my first watch that I had was a, a Rado Dia Star. Oh, cool! That's a very cool piece. 
I, I don't have that one anymore. My second watch that I purchased was an Eterna. Uh, I, I forget the name of it. It was their first scratch-proof, uh, fully scratch-proof watch that Rada couldn't uh, control anymore after they lost their uh, their their copyright for for scratch-proof cases. Oh, interesting. So, hmm. That was my second watch, and after that, uh, while working for the scratch this watch group overseas i i had a bunch of omegas longines uh, tissos uh, i had mido i had certinas i had uh, i don't know how many swatches that i had i think i was because i worked in the assembly there the final assembly i think i had about 200 of them uh, that were oh my god not, not a great a quality back then you just well this watch doesn't work so off it went and uh, now the security i'm sure well soon after i left the security went up so high that uh, nobody was even enticed to think that they could walk away with one of them right <laughs> off the assembly line <laughs> that was uh, that was a big no-no but when i was there it was like okay yeah as kids we we thought that a lot of the swatch watches were toys because they were all decorated with olympic <laughs> themes and cool bands and so we we didn't quite realize what was actually there well and that was i mean that was the whole the whole idea behind swatch originally right i mean it was it was an affordable swiss watch i mean it was that was huge back when it when it first came out i had one yeah i mean we all did right Skelet, as kids skeleton. we all, had, we all mm -hmm. had swatches for sure in the late 80s yeah yeah, yeah. was that was the heyday of, of of swatch when we could never ever make enough of them and it was it was uh i think i left the company when we did about 25 or 30 million of them per year and that could that still couldn't reach that the demand that was that was out there. So it was it was phenomenal uh, working within that uh, within that uh, time frame within the Swatch Group. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, they've kind of made they've made a comeback. It seems like yeah. I mean, like you go to they've got stores, especially like in Vegas. You walk to New York, New York. There's a big Swatch store in there, and Disney World or Disneyland. They've definitely made kind of a comeback. It seems like. Yes, yes, they, uh, they, uh, with the new mechanical uh, movement that they introduced, I think, about was it somewhere around ten years ago? That was that was a huge comeback that they that they started uh, with uh, with that movement. Yeah, my yeah. college roommate had the wall clock in our dormitory room. Hey. A large wall clock. <laughs> I never fell asleep with that thing. It was so oh, loud. Yeah. <laughs> it was really loud, but boy, it was cool. <laughs> Yeah, I remember those. She, yeah, yeah, they were quite different. That's for sure. Yeah. So, all right. So, so Swatch is now behind you, and yep. you start picking up kind of your own, your own thing, right? And doing stuff for other brands independently. Correct. Yeah, we first started with the Armed Forces with the Marine Corps, and then we 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 kept on Armed Forces uh, with Army with the Air Force. Uh, firefighters. Firefighters. We did that. We worked a little bit for police as well, and and it kept the business going for about fifteen years, uh, quite uh, quite well. Can you tell uh, us a little bit about what makes those pieces unique? Like, is it is it strictly logos, or is it um, materials based on their jobs, their their tasks that they're doing? 
Well, it was the the original uh, watches that were made for Marine Corps as well for all of the armed forces were strictly just cheap logo watches. And we had the idea, well, we we put the logo on and we had to get approval from, from the armed forces to put the logo on there. But uh, we made them as durable as we could. Uh, and, you know, we were at least 60 or 70 percent more expensive than than all of the other watches. But, uh, you know, if you work 20 years for the armed forces and you get something that looks cheap and is cheap as a parting gift, uh, see. people were not that appreciative about it. So we started with that and immediately it was like, well, this is this is the kind of gift we wanted. And uh, so it, it, it took off quite well uh, in, in that regard. So we, we provided watches uh, to the armed forces where before it was mineral crystal. Uh, uh, it was, you know, inexpensive Miyota movements that they used, uh, cheap bracelets that they used. The hair got caught on them and they were just oh. people were frustrated with them and and as soon as they saw our watches, they, you know, the, the scratch-proof crystal and high-grade stainless steel, uh, Swiss-made movements, they were like, well, tell us when you can send us product and we will, <laughs> we will. So it was, it was really good. It Fantastic. was really good. That is cool. Um, Josh, were you, you, yep. you, so you grow up with a dad that's totally into the, into the watch industry in a big way was that was that always a trajectory for you or i mean you're you handle all the social media aspects for the brand and the communications and marketing is that was this something that was always on the on the radar or were you like i don't want anything to do with watches what was your perspective yeah it, it actually it actually wasn't i never i never had and still don't really have the patience to work on watches so I, I actually went to school uh, for business administration, went to college, uh, graduated, and then uh, decided that, so my dad, up until we released, uh, we went with our Kickstarter campaign, he was just manufacturing for other brands. And while that keeps the business afloat, um, it's the brands that you manufacture for that are that are making the the real product and making the money. And with my dad's background and talents, I, I knew that he had what it took to, to create watches that would be sustainable for a brand on his own. It was just the the marketing and getting out there because things have changed so much now where it's, it's all digital. And that was something that I understood and I knew I could do. And it was something I, I had a lot of passion for. So we, uh, we kind of both have our strengths and uh, and stick to them. And I, I love watches and the craftsmanship, um, but as far as the inner workings and the design and, and all that, that, that's all my dad. He, he's really the heart of the company. I just I just spread the word. That, that's kind of that's kind of what I do. Uh, my brother, uh, my next younger brother, he actually lives in Switzerland and he graduated from watchmaking school, was it a year ago? Uh, it was this year. This year. So, oh, sorry, yeah, last year, last around, year. Yes. Around this time last year. Yep. And he actually um, deals a lot with assembly and he's he's gonna start working with us on 
on our watches. And then I have another brother that lives over there that uh, he's going into the same thing. Uh, he's going to be dealing with a lot of uh, a lot of features on our watch too, the brushing and, and all of that. So we, we kind of each have our own focus and uh, and just complement off each other. And it's it's great being able to work with family. And uh, even though it was it was never really in my mind growing up. Uh, I couldn't be happier with uh, where I am now. Wow, that's so cool. That is really neat to be able to do it as a family. And I, and I didn't realize that your two brothers were over there that, that were that were going to start taking part in this in this business as well. That is really cool. Very cool. Yeah, they're I, I you know it, it it's kind of funny. You know, everybody has their own strength, and you know I don't know what Josh is doing. I just know. I mean, it's just like okay. Do do what it takes. Do, do what you do. I, I have I have no idea. You know, I'm I'm coming from the from the 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 old retail model of if you don't sell it in a jewelry store, you cannot sell a watch. And uh, boy, this is not the case anymore nowadays. It, Things are sure very not. different. Yeah. yeah, I mean, with with the micro brand and industry, and uh, and with uh, obviously the internet and social media, it's a very very yeah. different world. And it happened overnight. With I mean, it really it, did. Yeah, like we're we're around fifty, and we we just can't believe how things have changed so yeah. so quickly. Yeah, it's it's quite phenomenal the whole thing here. So I'm 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 appreciative of what he knows and and like okay. It's good. So yeah, we're we're because of that now we we will we will launch a, a second product, a third product after that, and a fourth model family overall. So we hope with four model families that that uh, we we become a full full brand uh, because right now you know with with one model family as a diver's watch that's you're still in the in the infancy of. Uh, of uh, of that, so the second and then the third and the fourth will will uh, they will complement each other, and we want to build up not that we have specific separate ones, but that there's a, a line that we go with that we that we build upon that we can say okay this this is part of our name brand, and we will we will incorporate those into all of the model families that we have. So th- I, I th- have a little question about perfect, that actually. Yeah. Are there any thoughts of producing something a little bit smaller? Not not a not a small uh, ladies' watch, but something for a smaller wrist or the ladies who like a larger dive watch. Something that's you know around thirty-eight to forty millimeters. Okay, I'll go with that, Josh. Uh, yeah. So our sports watch, the the next watch we're going to be releasing, it's. Uh, it's it's kind of a lot. The design's kind of along the lines of a, like a sporty diver, and it's going to be a 41, and which is a little above that range. But uh, we also have a dress watch in the works that we're we're still we're still in the deciding stage of what size that's going to be, because uh, we we want to cover all our bases, like you said. And when it comes to sizes. Uh, there's a lot of ceilings in, in sizes. A lot of people won't go above a 41. A lot of people won't go above a 40. So we want to make sure that we can uh, have an appeal to all parts of the market so no one misses out just based on the size we have. Right. 
Well, we love, I mean, obviously we love to hear that because that is a, that's really kind of was the genesis of our, of our podcast. And so I really like to hear that you guys are, are working to make it a, a very inclusive brand in terms of the sizes and the styles. So before we get on, I, I do want to talk a little bit about some of those future products, but I mean, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't really focus on your first offering because you know, one thing that we've talked about here on the podcast, uh, we've been going for about a year and a half now was, do we want to bring brands onto the podcast? How do you, as, as kind of a, we're supposed to be third party impartial, um, uh, media outlets, right. But we did want to start incorporating some brands into it, into our, our podcast, but it, for us, it was really important to make sure that those were brands that we truly believed in, not just someone who wanted to pay us some money to advertise and come on the, the podcast. And, you know, the one reason why I really wanted Steve to, to go through his background is that you guys really have a huge amount of industry knowledge. And, and again, going back to the whole Kickstarter thing where, you know, it's pretty easy to go to Hong Kong with a, a bag of money and say, okay, make a watch for me. <laughs> Um, and you do that once and then you're gone and you know, the people that have purchased your watch have no post-sale support and, and you just kind of disappear and go on to something new. You yeah. guys have really focused on the quality and just little things like, and I, I remember asking you this when we met with you in January about, uh, about the loom on your watch. I mean, you guys went nuts. Let's just be honest with the number of layers. layers, right? You got 20 they, layers they of loom, 20. which is absolutely incredible. And that's something that it, for us, for PG and I, we want to be able to put a watch on at night, charge it up, and in the morning, it's still, I can still read the time, and I, I can do that with your watch. So it's just little things like that. So kind of talk us through the your design process, your philosophy. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, the if if you look at the loom uh, thickness, it was it, it was mainly governed by how many how many layers you can put on there and the average layer for the, the longest time was about three uh and then they go up to one up to five and so on i, I you know I, I i was never happy with that because ever since ever since the loom is not radioactive anymore because uh, originally uh you know, those isotopes that they were radioactive uh, back in the 70s 80s and those mm -hmm. that loom that glowed back then yep uh so it was applying enough loom so it's not just enough but when you first when you first use it that you're like you have somewhat of a wow factor right there uh, because it glows so strong and that's what we want to achieve and it took working together with dial manufacturers it took about almost two years to uh to get to the point, okay, we're happy now. I mean, there's it, it's still it's still a complicated process that that is challenging, but uh, we we are we are where we can say, okay, this is this is good, and uh, you know, every time every time I go to the Far East, uh, and and this these are compliments that I get from uh, from dial manufacturers even that I go and visit because. You know, you can do this with a couple dial manufacturers, and they have the patience to to build that up. Uh, they're like, 
wow, why does your watch glow so much? And that's in the middle of the day, okay? That's that's when we walk mm -hmm. up a staircase where there is not that much illumination, where they immediately see that the watch is glowing. And the, <laughs> uh, it's it, it's quite amazing getting those compliments from uh, from those manufacturers that deal in, in, in this industry. So we know because of that, I mean, it's, it's, uh, we, we, we were on a, on a track there and achieved something that, that yeah, basically is a home run in that regard. And, uh, uh, we, uh, we want to, <clears throat> this, this is going to be something that we will incorporate in all of the watches that we have, that we have that kind of a loom in it that can say, okay this is the minimum that we will accept in all our watches. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. awesome. I'm uh, looking at the photos as we speak. Yeah, you guys have some really good loom photos on the website that we're going to we're going to point our listeners to. Um now in the world of dive watches, it is again if you look at a lot of the micro brands, we talk about Submariner homages, but I think you know, especially if you're if you're building or manufacturing your watch along the lines of meeting, you know, like in the U S the ISO standard for dive watches, um, mm. it, it's a pretty small box in terms of design. So it can be, I know it can be very difficult to set your product kind of apart from all the rest. And you guys, I think have really successfully done that with some of your design elements, specifically the angles, the angles, the way you, the, the treatment that you did on the ceramic bezel insert with the concentric circles. And then I think the one that stands out the most, which when I first saw your watch in pictures, I wasn't so sure about it. And then when I actually got to see it in the metal and put it on the wrist, I absolutely love it. And that's, that's your rather unique box element Square. in this, in the center of the dial. Talk, talk a little bit about how, where did that come from? How did it come about? Was that, is that just to set you apart? Was there something else that kind of contributed to that design aspect of the watch? Where did that come from? I don't even know that much anymore. How it, how it came about. <laughs> most, most watches had lines going all the way through if they had lines mm -hmm. and that's, you know, it, it, it either, it, it, you either had them horizontal or you had them vertical. I was like, yeah, it's nice to have lines, but we'll, we'll, we'll separate those lines into a sense where, you know, it, it fills up the center of the watch and doesn't, doesn't take away from the index area. And we tried it out and we're like, yeah, it's different than other name brands. So we'll, we'll, we'll stick with it. Yeah, I have a background in art from many years ago from uh, college, and uh -huh. and I I like the box too because it fills in your negative space without being too overpowering. It just gives it that much texture so that you're yeah. not seeing a lot of the dial. But the dial itself is so pretty. It almost this the white one I'm looking at it in my hand, and it has almost an opal feel to it. Very, it's it's got a lot of. Um, silvery shine to the white it's really beautiful so i think the the, the contrast of the the box to the actual f smooth dial is perfect and it fills in that negative space in a really nice way yeah appreciate that thanks sure. now you you may or may not be able to give us an answer to this but is that is that going to become a design trait of the brand are we going to see that throughout the different lines or is that really just limited to this first offering in the diver 
No, even the second, uh, the sports watch that we have, we'll have lines in there, but they'll, well, it, it, it won't just be lines. It's going to be some additions to just lines uh, that we have. So we, we hope it's going to work and we hope it's going to look good. Uh, we're working on the finalization of getting the samples all finished, uh, hopefully by the end of next month. And then... Uh, Joshua's going to do his 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 miracle there. <laughs> <laughs> and will that be another? Is that going to be another um, offering through Kickstarter? How are you guys going to move forward as you do as you do release more of these collections? Yeah, we're we're going to do that one, uh, the sports watch through Kickstarter. Uh, one day, I think we will uh, pull away from that. Kickstarter is it's it's a really cool thing in the sense that it's become a pretty robust market. And it's a good way for new brands to get out in front of people uh, because one of the things that sets micro brands apart uh, from these other brands that uh, they, they market like micro brands, but they are like, like Spinnaker and AVA uh, is the budget just isn't there for us to, to market sure. like they would. So Kickstarter is a is a pretty cool way to be able to do that, to get in front of people. The, the negative thing is, and you mentioned this earlier, is the barrier to entry uh, for a one-off model is is almost non-existent now. People can go buy a watch, take some pictures, and throw it up on Kickstarter, and that's somewhat tarnishing the reputation of watches on Kickstarter. So, I think the the most important thing for us to do, and for any brand uh, starting out in this market, is to to focus on uh, providing not just one model but but multiple models that cover uh, more of the market because that that's really what's going to help uh, build the trust with the with the community because there, there's so many brands out there that you can put out one model and then they'll they'll disappear like you said or even two and I, I really really respect what uh, the other micro brands have done in the space, uh, Notice, Ocean Crawler, all those guys have just done a fantastic job of proving that they're they're here to stay. And I think that's uh, the most important thing for us to do at this point. So we, we will be going with Kickstarter on the Sports Watch. Uh, we'll probably uh, go with that route again with the third model, just because uh, as far as marketing goes, we're, we're pretty limited. We're just on social media, and, and that's about it. Most people still... Uh, don't even know we exist so that'll help us quite a bit but we would like to get to the point where we can move into pre-sale just directly through our channels but uh, we'll we'll see how we'll see how Kickstarter goes it's changing so much even from when we were on the platform uh, last October running our campaign it, it's changed so much so we'll uh, only time will tell uh, if that's going to continue to be a viable uh, resource you know it's I mean, Kickstarter and, and other types of platforms like that, um, even if you look at things like Patreon, right? I mean, there's they're very much a double-edged sword because yeah. it, you, you do get a lot of the junk, right, that, that has to be weeded through, but it's allowed... I mean, l let's face it, the micro-brand industry probably wouldn't exist, at least no. the way it does today, without these platforms, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it allows... Guys like you who really want to offer a high-quality Swiss-made watch or non-Swiss-made, whatever, but a high-quality watch, 
uh, normally mechanical. Uh, there, there, it's 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 a great way to do that. It's just you have to fight, you know, that all the junk that's on there too, and you got to be able to set your brand apart. So it, they're definitely a, a double-edged sword. Yeah, absolutely. We would not be where we were without Kickstarter. It's been an amazing resource for us, and it is. It is kind of you get the pros and the cons. You, there's a lot of people I've heard from that they won't buy a brand's first model, and I honestly don't blame them because a lot of people get burned uh, with that first model. So uh, we're really thankful that uh, we had Kickstarter to use. And uh, you do get a little bit of the guilty by association by being on there and launching your first model, but uh, that's something that's uh, a pretty easy fix as we go forward and release more. Yeah, and and for our listeners, if you haven't checked out... uh you know, Swiss watch company, definitely do that. We'll include, uh, uh, links to their, the guy's website in the show notes. Um, but, uh, one thing I would encourage everyone to do is go, go look at the Kickstarter campaign and go in and look at the comments because you guys have a ton of, of really, really positive comments in terms of quality, the customer service. Um, so, you know, and, and just me personally looking at the watch, I mean, comparing it to some of my other watches, you guys have really knocked it out of the park in terms of quality um, and execution with this thing. So I think uh, you know, you're a perfect example of why uh, you wouldn't want to avoid uh, buying the first offering from a company. You guys have just really approached it sensibly and, and done a good job. So Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we, we really appreciate that. Yeah, okay, now... Perpetual Girl was just pointing something out to me, and I, we, we got to bring this up. So, Steve, you, you have a long history with Swatch. They wouldn't sell you movements, huh? You guys went with the Salita movement in this thing. Correct, yeah. Well, it's Swatch will sell uh, quartz movements without, without any preconceived uh, uh, notion that the two name brands... However, the mechanical movements, they will only sell to established brands that they sold movements to for a long time already. And mm -hmm. there's, uh, I think by the end of this year now, it's going to be final that Swatch is closing its door to any, any possibility to sell movements to anybody else. So the market is here. Okay, who do you use for your mechanical movements? Quartz movements is not an issue. Uh, so on the mechanical movement side, there's, of course, Salita is is the, the front runner because uh, they have basically the same movement as as uh, ETA has in the 2824. And if you go up the model line of, of, of Salita, basically they, they copy one-to-one -one those old uh, well-established well uh, movements. And... Uh, so there, there of course are, are an outlet, and then there's there's two or three other smaller uh, companies that that provide movements as well that uh, could be used for that. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, that's that's what you're dealing with. Uh, either you you buy your swatch room movement by risk on the gray market, or uh, you you deal you. You stick with a uh, Salita or uh, those those two or three other smaller name brands that provide those mechanical movements. Yeah, and we you know we've talked about this <clears throat> excuse me quite a bit on the podcast, and and 
what's going on with the the off the shelf movement market and with especially with ETA because we know that those are those have been getting cut back more and more every year. And obviously, I was I was tongue in cheek with my with my comment, but Salida has really made a name for itself. I mean, they they make super high quality, good movements. They pretty much fit into the same movement holders as the ETAs do. So they're they're easy to to incorporate into new designs. So, you know, we're we were very pleased to see that we there's other you know, you guys have the Swiss background, but a lot of micro brands have gone with, you know, like Miota and some of those types of manufacturers. Yes. But Yes. Yeah. But we don't have that luxury. Well, I don't know if it's a luxury. I'm 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 very proud of just using Swiss made movements. I we are not allowed to use any Miota movements because of our name. I mean we're strictly we have to follow Swiss-made law, which has become quite a bit more strict now, uh, where you have to have at least 60% of the content of the watch head has to be Swiss-made. And uh, we, we follow that very, very strictly, uh, that, we, that we conform to, to, that, to that law. And uh, you know, a Miyota movement uh, or a Seika movement is, is, is and never will be an option for us. Well, I don't think you're going to get any complaints from your customers, uh, especially at, at your amazing price point. I mean, to be able to pick up um, a beautiful sapphire crystal ceramic bezel diver with a Swiss Salita movement for $450 US, I mean, that's that's amazing. I mean, you guys have, I, I think, nailed it in terms of... of uh, what you're offering with the piece and the price point to me that's you can't beat it yeah price wise we are we we want to be in that area just so we can state that we're having a watch for the public and not just for you know we're not in the thousand to five thousand dollar range and there's not much of a difference in in uh, in quality i mean a lot of a lot of that money that you pay there is is marketing mm-hmm. Yep, it's marketing, and and the larger brands have the ability to ask more money just because of their name, right? We all know the, the, how the the game is played, so yep. which is why we all love the micro brand market so much. I mean, well, it's, we do, it's, and it, it, it's bringing new collectors in where they didn't think they could afford something of this quality. Well, yeah, ten years ago, you weren't going to buy a, a dive watch with a Swiss movement in it for four hundred fifty bucks. I mean, it just wasn't it was unheard of, and that's why the micro brand market and, and guys like you have really opened this up, this watch collecting hobby. I mean, it's it's kind of exploded over the last few years, and I think most of that is due to the micro brand market uh, and less to do with kind of the older entrenched brands who, frankly, I, I think from our perspective, have struggled to move into this new world, right, of social media and buying online and all well, that and stuff. Well, there's more talent that's able to do what they want to do in producing a watch instead of having to know someone yep. who's in the know. So it's it's actually become more, it's fair. It's fair so that anybody can use their talent. Yep. Yes, you're right, you're right. So, so guys, one of the things that our listeners ask us a lot, and frankly, I don't know why they ask us because I have no clue, but what, how do you, what is the process for starting a micro brand? You guys had background, so you already had a company established, but you still had to go through a lot of the same processes that, that most of the micro brands do in terms of finding manufacturers and how to do the design work. What, what can you tell us? Can you give our listeners a little idea of what, you know, from A to B, what it takes to get a micro brand off the ground? Without, without showing it. 
your cards right without giving away any secrets <laughs> well from a manufacturing point of view we we somewhat have have an advantage that we i i know i know who does what and i know in which quality level they work uh, from a case manufacturing basically all of the cases in this price range well not basically all of the all of the cases are done in the far east uh, it's 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 not a possibility to have a case manufactured in Switzerland because on a high-end quality level uh, a Swiss made case is about you know, 300% of the cost what what a what a far east high quality case would cost and and that 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 even gets multiplied with sapphire crystal and then with hands with hands it's about a thousand percent so it, you know, we, we know we know who the manufacturers are because I've been dealing with them for you know, over thirty years now, and we, we have somewhat of an advantage over over other, uh, you know, micro brands in that regard where we don't have to do that experience of well, is is this match going to work? Is this going to work? Is this going to be okay? Uh, we already know that. And uh, it's, I think the biggest challenge that micro brands have is to meet the minimum uh, production quantities required, uh, which, uh, you know, because of that, they, they tend to go lower in quality uh, because the high-end manufacturing brands, they at least require 500 to 1,000 units being made. And now that's somewhat of a risk that's why so many are coming and going yeah uh so yeah we 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 kind of have an advantage over other companies in that regard but uh it's necessary to do that to design to uh to 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 go through the sampling process to make sure everything's gonna is gonna hold and it's gonna work uh and it's gonna be comfortable to wear and uh, there's always something that can be improved that needs to be improved. Yeah, the the one thing we have learned over the years is that the the brands, the micro brands that are finding success, are the ones that uh, are taking the time to go overseas if they're if they're based here, visit their manufacturers every, make sure that the process is managed kind of every step of the way. And we know Steve, you travel a ton, and and that's a, a big part of I think why. You guys yeah, that is a must. I mean, we go about eight times a year to the Far East. Uh, there's, there's, uh, it's. If you don't do it, uh, you're gonna fail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just landed from uh, Switzerland uh, this last Wednesday, so he's gone. Yep. No, that that's we we were we wanted to use this. We knew we had this window available where we could get you guys both in the same room. So this is why we jumped on it. We know Steve will probably be back on a plane heading somewhere. Uh, overseas again here soon so we appreciate uh taking the time but uh so all right so you've got your first offering out looks like it's been uh quite a success with your customers let's talk a little bit about what what we can expect next what the timing is for some of these next offerings mm-hmm. so we we're hoping to have uh for the sports watch sampling and everything ready uh to run a campaign uh, in November, if we don't make that window 
we may wait until next early next year uh, to launch it. But but right now the plan is to launch it this year. Uh, we're we're gonna have within the sports watch model family we're gonna have two different variations. One with an automatic movement with SW200, and we're gonna do a no date and we're gonna see how that's received because you. If you do a date window, people want a no date, and if you do a no date, people want a date window. So yeah. we're, we're, we're going to see how that goes. I, I'm sure we'll get uh, some people uh, not liking that they'll, they'll have the phantom date window underneath. But uh, it, it's something we've seen other brands be successful with, and the SW200 is a really, it's a really good movement that we're comfortable with using. And for the other variation, we're going to do a quartz model. And uh, the watch is still going to be Swiss-made, so it's, it's not too often you see uh, a micro brand doing a Swiss-made quartz because it's it's pretty difficult to keep the, the value there because quartz movements uh, aren't very expensive. And that's going to have a, a sub-dial uh, with a second time zone uh, that you can time in. So we'll have we'll have something uh, that the one with the automatic movement is going to be around the same price range as our current diver. And the quartz is going to be quite a bit lower, so we'll we'll have an option for people who uh, who this is I mean, as as affordable as ours is. It's it's still a decent amount of money, sure. so we want an option there for people that it's a little lower, but they still want to experience a, a nice Swiss-made watch. Very that's cool. Yeah, that's we're we're going to be watching closely. We're very excited to see uh, see these next couple of offerings. So. And that's a lot about what our podcast is about is collecting at all budgets because we've got we've got some people who have very high-end watches that follow us and then we've got some who they just got their first automatic with a seiko movement and they're just thrilled and it and you know two hundred dollars was a real stretch for them so yeah we want everybody to feel like they can be a part of it yeah 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 and, and we're releasing a chronograph soon as well uh the reason uh we don't promote that as much uh, is because we're only going to have, due to the movement uh, restrictions you mentioned earlier, it's going to have an ETA 7753, and uh, we, we're only going to be able to make 50 units with two colorways, so 25 each. And that's, that's just not a whole lot of watches. We, we wish we could do more, but uh, we're, we're having to work with what we have. And that is going to be in the higher price range. It'll be, it'll be above 1000 so higher than our customers are used to, but uh, it's it's something we're really excited about as well. Give uh, people who want a little bit of a higher caliber watch, uh, but like the design of our current diver, uh, it'll give them an option there. And what would the case size be on that one? I forgot. It'll, be the, same. it'll be the same as uh, our current diver, oh, the just diver. thicker. Okay. okay, got it. Gotcha. Okay. And then how are you coming to market with that one? Will that also be a Kickstarter? Or is that going to be direct through you, through you guys? We're, we're going to do a pre-sale with that one direct through through our site since the quantities are so low. Uh, with the Kickstarter, uh, Kickstarter, a lot of people don't realize, but Kickstarter takes a, a pretty good chunk. And yeah. it's well well earned of your, your profits. So... Uh, we're going to run a pre-sale direct through our site and then release it, uh, with the low quantities we have, uh, we're, we're not too worried about it being an issue, uh, because it's not like, uh, other models where, where my dad mentioned before, 
Uh, a lot of people have reached out to me as well on how to start a new brand, and people are always surprised by the minimum order quantities. And so you need a you need a pretty a pretty decent uh, investment ready to go if you're gonna start a watch model. So that's uh, so we're not gonna be running the chronograph through Kickstarter. We're just gonna do a pre-sale directly through our site for the limited units we have. Gotcha. Yeah, and obviously since that is less units, it costs more to manufacture. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's a pretty special piece of Swiss yeah. made chronographs. So when you think about yep. higher end, like like an Omega Speedmaster, you know, you're yeah, you think about what you're paying for, for a high end Swiss chronograph versus, you know, even if it's going to be above a thousand. I mean, it's still not I mean, 6, you're still 000. looking at something yeah. that's that's pretty affordable. So the well, nice cool. thing is that movement that we're using is the exact same movement that Omega is using for their for their Speedmaster. So we're. We're 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 quite excited about that that part that we can uh, that we can have that that amount of movements that you know they were made by by ETA the seven seven five three it's uh, the coaxial it, no. It, no. It, 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 no no it, it it's a guarded movement it's a volume movement that uh, that they use for uh, for the chronograph. Uh, of course, theirs is a certified chronograph, and ours isn't. But uh, uh, it, it's the same. It's the same uh, base movement that they're using for that. Yeah, that that's Which, pretty amazing. Uh, Sorry, we're gonna say something. So yeah, we're looking forward to that, and we hope uh, we hope uh, that there's plenty of uh, people that that will digest those those uh, watches within within a, a short time. <laughs> that we have we'll see yeah yeah that's that's exciting that's exciting cool well guys we're coming up on i don't know probably about 45 minutes is there is there anything else you you would like our listeners to know about the brand or or you know future plans or anything anything else you guys would like to mention uh we will be attending the micro lux la micro lux show in chicago for, so for anyone in that area that wants to come out and meet us, really, we, we want to meet and get to know as many people as we can. So for any of any people who are following us on Instagram or social media, feel free to reach out to us. We love, we love talking with the community and getting to know everyone. It's really a, a unique community in the sense that it's, it's just a nice community to be a part of. There's, there's not really any competition uh, going on. Everyone's you don't have people being, you have some, you have the outliers, but uh, everyone just accepts everyone. So the more people we meet within the community, the happier we are. So I, I don't want anyone to ever uh, be hesitant to reach out or talk to us. It's the favorite, it's our favorite part of what we do. And what were the dates of that show again? The 18th and the 19th of October. Of October. Okay. Okay. And then are there... So that that's actually a really good point because there are, are starting to be more shows or more opportunities for customers to actually get their hands on micro brand watches before they buy, right? So there's there's another website out there that does their own show. Do you guys have more plans to do more of those in the future? We're we're looking at uh, the Time Bum is running a show uh, in D.C. the week before the micro Lux show in Chicago. And, and we're looking at that one. It's all going to come up to scheduling and whether my dad's going to be in the country or not. 
but we we'd like to attend as many as we can. And you're right, they are they're starting to be shows specifically geared towards micro brands because uh, I think that's one of the biggest challenges a micro brand faces when it comes to notoriety is is getting to know people and getting to know the community because really that's the main thing aside from quality that sets them apart from uh, these manufacturer created brands that uh, just go out and try to sell a ton of pieces. It's, it's the people behind it. So I'm really excited that those opportunities are starting to pop up more and they're getting more established. So we're going to be attending and getting to know as many people as possible. Very cool. Well, and it just, it's not just the notoriety and people getting to know you guys that's important but also just being able to see and touch the watch right i mean that's that's yeah. been the, the piece that's been missing for so many years and now there's more of these opportunities cropping up and i think that that's great for I wish uh, we could do something have a show in sacramento well there we were contacted by a gentleman who was looking at putting a, a micro brand show together here in california so uh i don't oh. don't know where the status of that show is right now but yeah, yeah they're just they're more and more of these opportunities are starting to pop up and it, it's just it's nothing but but great news for for the consumer who wants to uh, get more into watches and especially into micro brands so. there's a lot of younger uh, millennials in Silicon Valley who are the industry is moving a lot of their companies up here towards our foothills to mm-hmm. to, to expand and have lower cost of production or whatever and a lot of these folks are really into watches so it's it's kind of a neat market that's yeah. not really tapped into, I don't think. Yeah, 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 yeah that's true. Yeah, it, it, it's a really cool thing. And uh, like you said, a lot of people have that three to five second rule on the wrist that they have to feel mm-hmm. to feel magic there before they're going to make a purchase. So, yeah, if, if you guys hear of one that pops up in your neck of the woods, let us know. <laughs> we're, we're, or Reno. We, or... Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do that. We'll keep you in the loop on anything we hear. Um, well, so I... I know we have to. We probably need to cut this. I'm sure you guys have a lot of work to do, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention we can, we were able to connect on another level. Our listeners are very familiar with our our situation here on our ranch and and our ducks and geese and birds and everything. And and uh, we we thought it was pretty fun when we met with you in January and learned that you guys have turkeys and chickens and all that kind of stuff. So um, that was pretty fun. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's that's Joshua's doing, and I'm just excited he does it. You know, I'm. Yeah, uh... <laughs> I, I I love it. A lot of people call me crazy. It kind of it kind of happened. Uh, I got chickens by chance, and for those for those in the community, know that that's the gateway drug. Yes, to, uh, chickens are the gateway. <laughs> so uh, next next thing you know, I have turkeys, ducks, soon soon geese, and uh, yes. yeah, it's just it's Yay. just a really. It's just a really fun thing that uh, that I enjoy, and I have uh, my my in laws uh, gave me a, an egg apron as a joke for Christmas. So. <laughs> those are great. It's, I don't even have one of those. I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of what I've I've become known for within the family. But uh, yeah, it's you cute. can't knock it until you try it. Exactly. Exactly. Well. Guys, again, I really appreciate you being on the show. This was a lot of fun for us. Um, and uh, like I said, I'll be out in Vegas next week. So if we can make it happen, beer's on me. That would be great. Yeah. And let us know. Cool. I wish I was going. I have to maintain order. <laughs> you got to take care of the, all the birds. <laughs> yeah. That's the one downside is you're kind of chained. To yeah. The home. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can be tough. Yeah. Cool. 
All right. Well, gents, thanks a bunch. Thank We're, you so uh, we much. We appreciate it. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah. Appreciate it. And we, we appreciate you having us. It's great. Cool. And that was our interview with Steve and Josh. That was a lot of fun. Wasn't that? I mean, that, yes. I really, I really enjoy talking to those guys. They're just, they're very down to earth, lots of knowledge and super and, talented, uh, beautiful, beautiful watch. Yeah. And really fun to hear about Steve's background. I mean, that guy's done a lot in the industry. He's, he's been around it for many, many years. It's not years his first rodeo. That's for it's sure. It's not his first rodeo. And, and, uh, Josh is such a cool guy. I mean, he's just, he's a lot of fun. Hey, and they have chickens and ducks. I know that was, it, it's always fun to talk to them about that. They're we spent okay some in my book. <laughs> in January chatting about that and he had some questions for us about the geese and stuff so that was fun but yeah so back to uh, business yeah i hope you guys enjoyed enjoyed that and um look for a review probably it should be this week it should hit the the website this week so we'll do a post on instagram to um, point you to that but there will be a review of the their swiss diver um and now to the really exciting part this is something we've been waiting for 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 several weeks um, we're giving this watch away. So this, this is our our giveaway watch, uh, kind of our return to the air and, I'm assuming and just I can't, revamping the show. I'm assuming I can't enter. No, you sorry, you can't <laughs> you're not eligible. Oh. Neither are your family your family members, so Or pets. Or your pets. Your pets are not eligible. You can't enter the geese can't enter. <laughs> but uh yeah, so we're giving this watch away. Again, this is a four hundred and fifty dollar value. If you go to their website, that's what you're gonna pay, four hundred and fifty bucks. And the quality far out it surpasses yeah, the it, price. It's it is it is a beautiful watch. Um again, this is a big watch. So if you have a small wrist, you might struggle a little bit with this, this one. This is unfortunately not a ladies' watch unless yeah. you're okay with the lug sticking completely way out over <laughs> it's, your wrist. It's a monster, yeah. I've seen I've seen some ladies wear their watches that way. Yeah. If they enjoy it, that's totally cool. Yeah. But just a heads up, this is a really big yeah. watch it, for it, the ladies. It's a big one. Um but you had asked them if they were gonna have smaller sizes and that was uh-huh. you know i'd love they're, love to hear that so they're definitely kicking that around and you'll hear you, yeah you will have heard that in the interview yeah so some i think they're looking at a 41 millimeter and and then the dress watch so there's there's more really 40 which yeah 40 for a diver is easy like a seiko monster is what well monster i thought was 43 or 44 it, yeah it's it's lower than 44 i think and I you wear a monster but it's yeah. it looks big on you this is a little bit more bulky like like i said this is more like um uh a seamaster 600 or um or the i, I want to call it the sea dweller but i i always forget what rolex's um ultra deep watches i think it's the sea dweller anyway um it's a big watch but in any case, I think whoever whoever wins this thing is, is really going to enjoy it. We haven't 100% figured out the giveaway yet. Um, there will be a couple components to it. As we've promised, though, in past shows, this is not going to be limited to Instagram. If you're not on Instagram, don't worry about it. You're still going to have the ability to enter uh, to win this watch. Uh, Instagram followers will probably have a few other opportunities, maybe to get some more entries, but... Uh, we just we really felt that it wasn't we didn't want to limit it just to instagram so what oh you're measuring 42 so your old so monster, monster is 42 the orange monster is 42 but it, you can get away with it and i think as much as i love their steel bracelet i think the design of the lugs you could put a a, a pearl on or a nato mm-hmm. and i think the ladies could pull this off 
because I know a lot of the ladies have some large wash. Yeah, you could definitely pull that off with this, like a, even a rubber, like white rubber. You're, it, so you're six and six and three eighths basically is your wrist size. You're kind of right between six and a quarter and six right. and a half. Is, and it, it does hang over the edges a little yeah. bit on you. Um, Not as much as the Submariner. No, no, I know that's really interesting. And the sub is a, a 40 or is it subs a 40 or 42, a 40. So anyway, we, like I said, we'll be giving this watch away and we're very excited. So pretty. We're going to be, um, We'll be posting some information about it on the website as well as on Instagram. And for those not on Instagram, stay tuned. Uh, you'll either read about it on the website or possibly in our podcast next week. We'll we'll have all the details worked out on how you can enter. So <laughs> it still has stickers on it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. This is a brand new watch. This mm-hmm. is not a. Yeah. Josh. Josh sent me a brand new watch to review, and we just discussed it, and we said, "Hey, this sounds like a great opportunity." And, and it has not been in the swimming pool. It hasn't been worn out of the home <laughs> yeah. or away from the ranch. It's been photographed, and that's about it. Yep. So. Uh, yeah, really, really neat watch, and it's going to be a great opportunity for someone to to own a very nicely nugget, nicely made Swiss diver. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that's it. Should we so close too. with that? The exciting giveaway from the Swiss watch company yeah, and so, Love and Watches. So we'll so. we'll get the info out there as soon as we figure out how many hashtags we want to incorporate into it, <laughs> which probably won't be many. Don't worry, you're only going to have to tag. 35 people and <laughs> use about 100 hashtags. So it won't be that hard. Don't worry. Uh, no, seriously, it's it's going to be pretty simple to enter. So, uh, And hopefully it'll allow us to, to build up the followers a little bit on Instagram, which we've been trying to do. We've tried a, we've tried a sponsored post, and we're going to see how that goes. Um, just trying to get the name out there a little bit more. Well, we've, well, like you said, we do have some followers who aren't on Instagram because yeah. of sensitive things they do at work. So we want to also reach out to those people who aren't on social media and there's quite a few so are, we want to yeah. make that available to them because that's a whole another aspect of the people who kind of follow us a little bit yep yep and this we're again this will be we're not going to limit it to just the u.s uh you know if you're in a foreign country you can you can uh if you're overseas you can certainly enter to win the watch obviously the if you do win you'll be responsible for any uh import taxes into your country. So that's just a, a disclaimer and we'll make sure we put that up on the on the official contest rules as well. But uh that's it. Anything else? That was a lot of fun. It was. It's amazing it was, how fast the time goes. Yeah. It go when you're when you're having a fun conversation with good people, it does it does go pretty quickly. So and like I said, I'm looking forward to having a beer with those guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll have to have one for me because I'll be here maintaining the peace between the species. I can certainly do. I could have more than one for you if you'd like me to. So, now, now. Don't, I am don't rub more it than, in. more than happy to help out with that. <laughs> but All right, guys. Well, I think that's it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we will see you guys for episode 30. 30. Yep. All right. Hang loose, everyone. And stay tuned for the details on the giveaway. Yep. All right. Remember, buy what you love and love what you buy. Later.